Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I'd like for you to open them with me for just a few moments this morning, and we're going to go to the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 21, Genesis chapter 21, and I want to show you the story of a mother in the Old Testament who faced one of the most um, horrific circumstances that any mother could be placed in. It's really almost painful to read. She's in the desert. Her name is Hagar. She has a son. His name is Ishmael. He's the son of Abraham. She has been kicked out of her home by Abraham. We only see the bright, good, beautiful things of the Bible characters sometimes and celebrate those. But we see, too, the fact that he put her out of his house. He did not pay child support. He sent her into the wilderness. You know, Abraham, the father of faith, which should give hope to all of us that God uses ordinary people who mess up. And now she's out in the desert. She's dying. They've run out of food. They've run out of water. She has a baby, maybe two years old or so. And in an act of desperation, we pick up the story in Genesis 21, verse 15. And when the canteen of water was used up, she placed the boy under one of the shrubs and she sat down across from him a distance of about a bow shot. In other words, a bow shot is in reference to a bow and arrow. She knew that her baby was thirsting to death. She put him under a bush in the desert and she was so heartbroken, so painful was it to hear his cry of this infant that that she walks the distance of how far you could shoot a bow and arrow out of the cry of the child. And she sits down and the scripture said that this mother, she said, let me not see the death of this boy. So she sat opposite of him and lifted her voice and wept. She lifted her voice. She's grieving, saying, my dream, my baby is going to die. And I can't, I can't, I can't stand to watch him die. And so she gets out of his presence and lets him die alone. And suddenly out of heaven, God called to Hagar and said to her, what is wrong, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the child where he is. She's crying, but God heard the child. Arise, lift up the child, hold him in your hand. I will make him a great nation. God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the skin with water or the canteen with water and gave the child to drink. The thing that, that, that I want you to see that caught my attention is she reached a point of desperation in her life that she placed her dream, which was her child, under a bush. She dropped her dream and she said, it's going to die. It's over. And I can't bear to watch it die. She's heartbroken. And she walks away. She's given up. And I want to talk to you today about the order that God gave her from heaven when God said, I want you to go back to the dream that you dropped and pick up your dropped dream. You think I'm done. You think I'm through with you. 
but I'm not through with you. It's time to pick up your drop dreams. That's what I want to preach on, picking up drop dreams. A dream is something that God gives every person that he creates. If you're here, I assure you today, there's a purpose, there's a dream for the season that you're in. You may not understand it, but God has his hand on your life and you're here for a purpose. The dream is a projected destiny. It's a, it's a, it's a picture that God will flash and show you of who you will be, who you shall be, who you shall become. It's, it's a it's a projected destiny. It's, an, it's a designed end. God says everything you go through will ultimately end here in a place of destiny. The point that I'm making this morning more than any other is so vital, it's so true, it's a Bible principle. In order to experience the dream, you have to endure the nightmare. Anytime God gives you a dream, and he will if you'll seek his face, Anytime God gives you a dream for your life, hell will send its nightmare to try to steal that dream and get you to give up. But everything you want is on the other side of not giving up. So many people, I am convinced, give up right at the point where if they would just hold on, God would do what he promised he would do. But hell comes with the nightmare to discourage you to give up and you have to endure the nightmare to experience the dream. There are no exceptions, no exceptions. You will experience the nightmare. The nightmare is the pathway to the dream. The nightmare is the very pathway that God uses to get you to the place of destiny, purpose, and calling. And the very thing we despise and hate, the nightmare, is actually the ordered steps of the Lord taking you where he wants you to be. The real question is, can God trust you with trouble? The real question is, when, when, when he multiplied the fish and the loaves, Jesus then blessed all those thousands of people, but he separated his disciples and he said, get in a boat and go across the Sea of Galilee. When they got halfway, the Bible said there came a category five storm and they thought they were gonna perish. And the question has to be this, why didn't he tell all the multitude to get in the boats and go across? Because not... The multitudes are not worthy of the storm. When God allows you to go through a storm, when God places you in a storm, it's heaven's vote of confidence that you're chosen, that you're called, that, that there is a for real dream inside of you that, that hell can sense. That, you know, a serpent, the Bible likens Satan to being a serpent, and a serpent has a split tongue. And what he does with that tongue is he can sense movement with that tongue. He can sense when something's coming. And the enemy can sense when you're a person of destiny. The enemy can sense when God has a mission and a plan for your life. And if God has put you in the middle of trouble, it's heaven's vote of confidence that you can stand it. He won't put you in more than you're able to bear. Your trouble is the pathway to triumph. Your pain is the pathway to a higher praise. Your mess is the pathway to the miraculous power of God moving in your life. And so many times we just want straight promise to dream, but you cannot 
experience the dream without having to endure the nightmare. Your pride couldn't handle the dream. By the time you get there, you'll be so broken, you'll be so dependent on Jesus that when you do get there, that won't be the biggest thing in your life. He will be the biggest thing in your life. Take a moment and give God praise. When I think about Job, Job had to endure the nightmare before he experienced the dream. God blessed him double. God gave him everything that he could ever imagine, but he went through hell. He lost 10 children in one day. He lost his health, bereavement, bulls, bankruptcy. He lost all of his wealth, all of it in one day. And he had to endure the nightmare to experience the dream. And Job wrote a book called the book of Job. Some of you don't read it because it's spelled job, <clears throat> but let's keep moving. But, 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 but he wrote a book and it's, you know what it's about? It's about going through trials. In other words, Job has assisted millions of people with what he went through. Has what you've gone through assisted anybody? If God's allowed you to go through it, it's not about you. You're supposed to assist some people by what you've been through. You're supposed to help somebody believe that they can make it because you made it. And God somehow, some way brought you through. And don't you give up and don't you quit. And don't you throw in the towel. The closer you get to the dream, the closer you get to purpose, the closer you get to the desired place of, uh, of destiny that God has for you, the more pressure you will begin to feel, the, the, more, the more pain you will begin to experience. It gets tougher as you get closer. It's just like a woman who gets pregnant with her husband and, and, and they have fun uh, picking out the nursery and they have fun getting, and they have fun making the baby. Come on, say amen, somebody. They have fun. And... But when it's time for that baby, I promise you, the fun is going to change. And nine months later, the dream becomes pain. The dream becomes pain. And she has two words that only matter to her at this point. Breathe. Push. Breathe. Push. The closer you get to the dream, the more pressure you feel. It'll cost you something the closer you get to the fulfillment of the dream. And before you experience the dream, you have to learn to endure, not quit, not turn back. The Bible said that if you quit in the day of adversity, your strength is small. It means that when we get in adversity, we're not of those who draw back. We're not of those who give up. We're not of those who throw our hands down and live in despair and darkness and depression and hopelessness. That's not who God's called us to be. But when we go through the storms and we go through, we realize that this is the pathway to my destiny. And if I can endure the nightmare, I will experience the dream that God has for my life. Your nightmare is the pathway to it. Your dream is your destiny. It tells you where you're going. Your nightmare season is the pathway to it. God knows what he's doing. Your adversity is advancing you. God has you exactly where he wants you. And the purpose of the dream is twofold. Number one is to give you a sense of destiny. Everybody needs a sense of destiny. Why am I here? Do I matter? 
What is the God's plan? Does, what, why, what do you want me to do with my life, God? The dream has to do with having. When you discover God's dream for your life, you will begin to have a sense of destiny. You will begin to walk in a confidence that this is what I was born to do. Secondly, the dream is to inspire you to reach for it. Because if you don't have a dream, you'll stay in your comfortable place. But when God gives you a dream, when it's a true dream from God, it'll pull you out of your comfort zone. It'll stretch you. It'll cause you to go into places where you're unsure and you're scared and you're afraid and you feel disadvantaged and it's not comfortable. But the dream will stretch you. The dream will push you out on the stage. The dream will cause you to stand up to moments that, that normally you would run from because you don't feel confident enough. The dream is to inspire you to reach for it. The nightmare, when God allows it to come, when Satan brings it, it's threefold. Number one, the nightmare that God allows is about self-discovery. God wants you to find out who you are. Never allow others' opinions to become your reality. When God calls you, it really doesn't matter what your, your family or anybody else has to say about you. Don't let their opinion of you become your reality. Ten spies' opinion kept three million people in the wilderness for 40 years because they allowed their opinion to become their reality. King Saul said to David, you, you're not a giant killer. You can't fight Goliath. You're not strong enough. You're not big enough. You're a little pitiful little rag in a rock and you're gonna go out there and fight a giant with that. You don't have what it takes. But David refused to let Saul's opinion become his reality. And he said, you come to me with a sword and a shield, but I come and look at a man with a dream and a destiny. It's self-discovery. I'm looking at a nightmare, but I know who I am. I belong to him. He's my God. And I'm not coming in my name. I'm coming in his name. And he slew that giant. So the nightmare is about self-discovery. Secondly, the nightmare is about God discovery. Because only in the darkness, only in the nightmare, do you discover who God is. There's a verse that blesses me every time I read it. God said to Moses, I dwell in thick darkness. We think that we only have God's blessing and favor when we're on the mountaintop and the sun is shining and everything's perfect in our life and everything's beautiful and predictable and, and, and happy and clappy. And, but God said, if you really want to know me, I dwell in thick darkness. And you'll find out who I am when life goes dark. When you're sitting alone, when you're heartbroken, when you've been through sorrow. We used to sing a song that said, standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. He's the only one who cares and understands. Standing somewhere in the shadows, you will find him and you'll know him by the nail prints in his hands. And when you want to know God and when God wants to reveal to you who he really is, he said, I don't just dwell in sunshine and mountaintops. I dwell in thick darkness. I allow you to go through the darkness of, of loneliness and pain and heartbreak and setback and suffering and, and trials and, 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 and great, great, great difficulty to the point and to the brink of just ending and giving up. But God says, that's where I am. I dwell and you'll find God discovery in your darkest nightmares. And lastly, I want to say this big. God allows the nightmare to shut hell's mouth. 
Because when your nightmare is over like Job, like Joseph, like Jesus, Jesus had the nightmare of Calvary, the whip, the nails, the blood, the gore, the suffering, the beating. But when he stepped out of that tomb on the third day, the dream was true, but you cannot experience the dream unless you are enduring the nightmare. Joseph had the dream of being head of all of the kingdom of Egypt. But he had to go through being turned on by his own family. It was his own brothers. It's one thing when it's an enemy out there, but when it's your own flesh and blood that does you wrong and they threw him in a pit. And then he goes and gets accused falsely of raping a woman. He goes to prison for 13 years. It's a nightmare. God gave him a dream and hell sent its nightmare. And in order to experience the dream, you have to endure the nightmare. He never gave up. Joseph doesn't look like a winner. He looks like a loser. He's sitting in a prison. Everybody's forgotten about him. His friends are saying he's a has-been. He's sitting in that prison rottening, but his faith in God is growing. He's finding the God who dwells in thick darkness. And when his moment comes in one day, God raised him from the pit to the palace because you see, when God says it's time, no man, can put you down, hold you down, hold you back. And there are some people under the sound of my voice, you're closer to your dream than you've ever been. Don't quit now. Everything you want is on the other side of not giving up. Take a praise break. In the overflow, take a praise break. Wherever you are, God is not through blessing you. Come on, take a moment until you really praise him. Open your mouth and praise him. Lift your hands and praise him. Let hell know when God gets through with me, it's going to shut your mouth. It's going to shut hell's mouth. God's going to bless me so good. I need to calm down. You brought your neighbor today. I'm sorry. Do you realize that everything that has ever been built or accomplished is the direct result of a dream and resistance to that dream that someone would not allow hell to steal? You gotta go beyond the nightmare. You gotta get something in your spirit today that maybe your children are on drugs or maybe something horrible's happened. Maybe you're going through the... The, the devastation of divorce and it feels like your whole world is just being sucked down the drain and it just feels like it's over for you. You're just in the nightmare. Think about a nightmare is it lasts too long. Just, have you ever been in a nightmare and said, I need to wake up now? I have. I've had monsters chasing me or falling off of a cliff and, and I'm, I need to wake up now. This is feeling real. Closer you get to the fulfillment of your dream, the tougher it gets. Not easier, the tougher it gets. It's kind of like a football game where, where, where you throw a pass and a skinny, tall, wide receiver catches the ball and runs all the way down for 70 yards, 80 yards, 85, 90, 95. He gets to the five-yard line. But I got news for you. If he could run at 95 yards in one play, this is going to be a cinch to get the next five yards. I got news for you. You know what the defense will do? They'll take out those regular guys 
and they'll bring out guys four times their size. They can hardly walk. They just basically waddle out. Watch it. They're mean, they're ugly, they're big behemoth looking monsters and their breath stinks and they, they are just, they have one purpose. Their purpose is the next five yards, even though you're closer than you've ever been to victory, the next five yards will be the toughest five yards you've ever had to get in your life. And some of you are facing behemoth demons because you're so close to purpose, you're so close to calling, you're so close to ultimate ultimate uh, uh, dreams that God has for your life and all of hell has lined up its big biggest lineup it can get to get you to turn back, to give up, to quit, to doubt God, to not trust him, to take things in your own hands and say, I don't know about this stuff, but God is speaking to you this morning. You came to hear a sweet sermon about your mama and she is sweet and you're going to preach it later, but the Lord wants to talk to you because you have a dream and a destiny that is hanging over your life. Mm. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Jesus. The purpose of the nightmare is, is to get us discouraged, to give up, to settle for so much less. And that's why it's so critical that you have a good church like this. Because just when you're about to give up, you can get in the right service and here comes fresh oil. Here comes fresh life. Here comes the power of the Holy Spirit bringing that dream back up and you hear a little whisper in your ear while the preacher's preaching. Hey, hey, the Holy Spirit taps you on the show. He's preaching to you. Hey, you, don't you give up. Don't you quit. God will do what he told you he will do. I'm gonna try to stop, but we gotta praise the Lord one more time. He's speaking to somebody today. The dream... Turn to your neighbor and say, fresh oil is coming on your life. Boy, I tell you, the presence of God is in this room. The dream is the finished product. The nightmares, the setbacks, the adversity. The whispers of hell, you don't have enough money. Why even try? What's the use? The nightmares, the dream stealer. <clears throat> Somebody said anything worth doing is worth doing right. Can I give you one just as good? Anything worth doing is worth failing over. And if you want to give yourself to something, then give yourself to something that's worth failing over. Being Christ-like is worth failing over. Maybe I'm not as holy as you are, but I'm getting up every time I fall and I'm gonna keep falling forward toward Jesus and it's worth failing over. Maybe I'm not the greatest Christian. Maybe I've got some inconsistencies in my life, but, but I'm after him. And if you got a heart after God, it ain't about the mess ups, it's about the heart. And if God sees a heart after him, he'll say, come on, he'll be your biggest cheerleader. Get up, get up, get up. There's a destiny that's still intact. Nothing has happened that has changed your calling. Your destiny is not so fickle that you can mess up and forever miss it. God has a plan if you're still breathing. He doesn't preserve anything he doesn't have a purpose for. 
Whew, I just kicked the devil's fangs in. I did, you, you didn't see it, but I did a karate kick and his fangs just got turned inward. Hallelujah. Ooh, I feel crazy right now. There is an anointing breathing on your dream. It's time to pick up the drop dreams. It's time to say, hell, you will not have what God promised me. I will stand in my place of destiny. I don't allow other people's opinion to become my reality. The only opinion that matters is God's opinion. I'm going to preach three more minutes. You can be seated. Ask them, there it is, to get me a postage stamp. Can y'all see my little illustration? That is a postage stamp. It only works if it's licked. And in order to get to the dream, you, you'll have to take a few licks. And you have to learn how to take a licking and keep on sticking. It ain't cooperating. I would have a pulpit that doesn't allow anything to stick. It's sticking. Do you understand what I'm saying? The only way you keep on sticking is when God allows you to go through some lickings. Bam. Oh, pow. Oh, why does that happen? Why? Why? God's saying, I'm teaching you how to stick. I'm teaching you how to not run every time things get tough. How to not go into a season of self-pity. I'm teaching you through the lickings how to stick and say, I know what God told me. I know what he promised me and I will not give up. I'm on my way to my dream. They can come to the music, but I, I, I conclude with the story. I want to take you back now. Hagar. She never dreamed she would be in a desert alone. She was living in one of the wealthiest homes on planet earth. Abraham, the Bible said, was, was ex it says it, exceedingly wealthy. Cattle, sheep, gold, silver. She lived the high life. And now she's in a desert. She has a baby. The canteen of water is empty. She throws it on the desert floor. The baby's voice is so dry that it, it's silent cries. She drops her dream under a shrub. She hears the child. She walks away. I can't stand to watch him die. My life is over. My dream is over. It's over for me. It's over. She gets far enough away from the cry of her dream that she can't hear it. Let me, tell you, let me show you something. Don't you ever forget this. If you get a God-given dream, it'll keep crying out to God even when you've given up on it. And the Bible said that as she was weeping, God heard the cry of the dream. Not her cry. The cry of destiny. And God spoke to that woman in her darkest hour, weeping. 
And he said, I want you to go back where you dropped your dream. And did you read the text? God said, pick it up. I know it looks bleak where you are, but by faith, pick up the drop dream, hold it up before me. And the Bible said when she did, God opened her eyes and she saw a pool of water in the desert. God said, I know how to keep your dream alive. And I just felt like today that God wanted to say to some people desperately, it's time to pick up drop dreams and live with faith and hope, confidence, assurance. I close with this thought. There's a marvelous verse in Isaiah, Isaiah 40, what is it? 4610. I was just checking to see if you were being led of the Spirit down there. He's in the flow. I want you to look at this verse. This is, you ought to write, this is an Academy Award winning verse in your Bible. I am the God that declares the end from the beginning. From ancient times, things that are not yet done, I declare it from the end, from the beginning, saying my counsel will stand and I will do what I say. I will do what my, what my pleasure is. Nothing will stop it. In other words, in other words, God says, I shoot the end of the movie first concerning your life. I put you in destiny first. And then every other scene of your life, it may start out beautiful and go to an ugly chapter and go to an even worse. And just when you think it can't get worse, it gets worse. And then there's this problem and that problem. And it looks like you're all over the place and you're never, but God said, I declare the end from the beginning. And if you can endure the nightmare, you will experience the dream. I told you, God saying to many of you, that I would bless you. I told you that I had a plan for you. I told you that I had good things coming in your life. And I've shot that scene and you will stand in it. You will. Mm. I love that verse. I, I gave it to my, uh, when my brother died of cancer at 56 years of age and his daughter, Christian, was just heartbroken. Beautiful girl, um, maybe 20 years old or so. She was just heartbroken. And in the middle of all of that, right after it, and I preached my brother's funeral. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. But she walked into my office with her mom the following Sunday after the funeral. And a spirit of prophecy came on me. I don't know any other way to describe it. If you don't believe in this, that's your issue. It's not mine. I can't, I can't make it up. I can't turn it on. I know when it comes on me. And I looked at Christian, my niece. I said, thus says the Lord, you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then I began to prophesy to her something that would happen. And she broke and she wept. It wasn't me. It just came. I didn't plan it. It came out of my belly, out of my spirit, out of from his spirit. 
In that moment, God put that dream in her heart. She's living in that dream. She's, it's a miraculous dream. She was lonely. She was broken. She was devastated. She was in the nightmare of watching her father die. In their world, he was a preacher, and their world had crashed. In the middle of it, out of thick darkness, comes a word. And if you'll grab those words, and I'm giving you one today. I am giving you one today. That there is no limit to what God will do for people who endure the nightmare and take a, take a licking and keep on ticking. Keep on getting up. Keep on standing up. Keep on raising your hands. Let the tears flow down if you have to. But I am committed to you. There's no way hell can stop the end desire from coming to pass. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed. 